Alrighty, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Crypto 101 Podcast. Today, uh, we decided to switch things up a bit, uh, change the tempo, change the pace. Uh, we decided to not have a, uh, a guest today and just talk a little bit about the markets, recap what we've been seeing. We're sending Pizza Mind off to ETH Denver, so get some forecasts for, uh, for March. But uh, before we dive in, uh, I wanted to give you guys a little bit of our, our outline for today. We're going to be talking about all the regulation that's been coming down the pipeline um, from the SEC and from uh, all over the place, basically. Um, we're going to talk about AI coins and how they've been having a tremendous start to the year. And just we're going to talk about the start of the year in general. Uh, I think it was one of Bitcoin's best months ever. Um, and in fact, it was the best January dating back to, I think, 2013 or 2012. Um, so a, a rock and roll start to the year. Um, a lot of liquidity conditions have been changing. Um, we'll take a look at the charts. Everybody loves the charts. Um, so if you guys are listening on Spotify, uh, we highly recommend you check out our YouTube channel where you can actually see the visualizations of what we're going to be talking about and why we think Bitcoin's 25K resistance uh, is going to be falling pretty soon. Um, I really want to talk about Solana, uh, which has gone down yet again. I think it spent uh, another full like 18 hour cycle uh, of downtime and Anatoly uh, who's the founder, basically said, we don't really know what happened. Um, and so they're still figuring it out. Um, and then lastly, uh, Pete's mine and I will uh, interview each other uh, a little bit uh, and do a recap of our Digital Currency Summit, uh, which we aired last week, which had you know dozens of the top experts in the crypto space. Uh, and I think a lot of you guys who are listening now joined us for that event, the Digital Currency Summit. Um, so we're going to talk about some highlights from that. Pete's mine. Does that sound pretty good to you? As long as I'm not the one on the hot seat. Um, oh, but yeah, that sounds like a great. You are my friend. You're on the hot seat. You know what? Let, let's do it anyway. That's fine. I'll cool <laughs> off once I get to Denver. There we go. Um, yeah, man, let's kick things off. Basically taking a look here at, at what just happened to Binance. Um, Binance just, you know, yesterday or the day before that got hit with uh, some basically pretty harsh words um, that turned into actions from others. So the SEC saying that, you know, Binance uh, is not doing the right things by their investors and by their stablecoin holders and they're rehypothecating things and not being transparent and disclosing what's backing BUSD and uh, they're commingling customer assets and all the, I mean, these are all allegations, right? And I don't want to perpetuate any anything saying that these are facts, but these are a lot of allegations that the regulators are coming out with Binance. And so in the wake of this, um, Coinbase delists BUSD, which was a stable coin that had a lot of backing by Paxos, who was like a regulated New York state, um, you know, financial institution. Um, BUSD was, you know, a pretty, you know, decent standard for a long time. And now it's being delisted um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm curious, Pete's mind to get your thoughts on this. I think my thoughts are that it's just going to, um, you know, it's going to, that, that gap is going to be filled by other regulated stable coins like USDC or, you know, maybe even, um, you know, tether or, or even die, which is a decentralized stable coin issued by maker, but Hey, BUSD is just one of dozens. And so it's not a, a death knell by any means. Um, I think that this, this whole 
sort of uh let's call it a coin fiscation, right? They're trying they're trying to choke off uh Binance from from the American market in pretty much any way possible. Um in I saw that in the wake of uh FTX collapsing, which they're trying to prevent another FTX from ever happening again, is basically why they're trying to choke off Binance. Um the CME has taken on a huge, huge, huge amount of uh, open interest and volume since FTX fell. Um, so all these regulated kind of American uh, derivative exchanges, basically CME is like the, the main only one, um, they're growing their market share a tremendous amount. Um, so there, while you know, while some institutions cave and, and roll over and while they try and get rid of Binance and um, other, you know, other players will fill the gap, but you know, Binance has pretty much, uh, got a, a target on their back from American regulators and, and this week solidifies that. Yeah. So let's turn back the clock to 2017 when Binance was born, they were born in China, by the way, and they basically ran roughshod all over the crypto industry, becoming the fastest unicorn to a billion dollar valuation on earth of all time. Was it a billion dollars in profit yeah. or was it a billion dollar valuation or there, there was some billion. I believe dollars. it was a valuation, but either, either metric, they set some kind of record for growth. It was incredible. Um, yeah. It was. And Binance got that way because they simply listened to their customers and built what they wanted to use. CZ has been one of the greatest conduits towards crypto adoption in all of crypto history. And then Regulation came in, uh, started sweeping over the West and then Europe, and then starting to make its way over to Asia. China banned uh, all kinds of stuff. Binance left China, kind of moved around, not too sure where it's located at the moment. They were in Malta. And then they said, okay, we're going to try and do things um, the quote-unquote right way, rather than building such a vast ecosystem to replace the traditional financial system. They decided, all right, we're going to try and play ball with it. But this is the lesson that I'm taking away from everything going on is it doesn't matter if you've broken the law or followed the law. It matters what your relationships are with the lawmakers more than anything. So whether or not Binance has actually done anything wrong or broken any laws in whatever jurisdictions that are applicable, it doesn't really matter. Because they put their best foot forward by having their stable coin minted by Paxos, a New York regulated entity that has the strictest code of conduct pretty much anywhere in the world. You know, you could argue Switzerland or maybe London are on that level, but New York, you have to, I mean, you're under the microscope right there in front of everyone for all yeah. to see. And everything was fine for years. Or was it? Because they created Binance US and Binance US went through CEOs like trick-or-treaters getting candy. So there had to be something wrong behind closed doors you know there what? for such I a potentially actually... lucrative venture to just be so poorly mismanaged that no one wanted to touch it. Yeah, one of the reasons that I saw um, why you know, Catherine Coley, who was one of the Binance US CEOs who has since left. Um, basically the implications were that there was some money that was moving between Binance U S accounts to, um, a trading firm 
kind of owned by CZ that was like offshore that was making markets on Binance US. And so the, the allegation was like, I think it was $400 million that had moved from one of Binance US accounts to uh, Changpeng Zhao's trading firm. I think it's called Merit Peak. Um, and this wasn't authorized by the CEO of the company. She didn't even know what was going on. And so it was like basically breaking down this illusion that Binance US and Binance International were in fact separate entities. So kind of again, on the back of all that stuff, um, the, the, the Voyager acquisition by Binance for a billion dollars um, is getting stopped, is getting thwarted by the SEC as well. That just came in again, I think like last week or earlier this week, um, that that deal is no longer allowed to happen. And again, I think this is all, you know, I want to move on because there's so much to talk about, but this is all exemplary of the deteriorating uh, relations between America and China, um, for better or for worse, right? Like it's, it's, I mean, it's obviously for worse when global relations deteriorate, but you could see it happening um, with the war and all that kind of stuff. Um, and with, with Taiwan um, being this independent nation that is now basically going to be subsumed by China and America doesn't really like that. And so there's going to be a, a lot of new policy that comes out. And I think Hong Kong and China are also starting to enact positive crypto policy. So there's, there's a big tone shift in the market as, as America kind of cramps down, um, Asia kind of loosens up. We'll see. But, um, finance, uh, and what you're referring to in case you haven't heard is in June, retail investors in Hong Kong are going to be allowed to trade crypto. That's big. Yeah. And Hong Kong is always a testing ground for Beijing, right? The capital of China. So if laws roll out there first and society gets comfortable with things there first, um, we then roll those into, uh, into Beijing and China, but, um, moving on, a lot to talk about Pete's, uh, AI it's big, right? Chat GPT. Everybody's been talking about it. I've been playing with chat GPT, man. I've been asking all sorts of questions. It's like, you know, the new Google, it's the new Siri. It's, it's the, the hot new little assistant to do anything. And uh, a lot of coins have been riding the wave, namely one of the coins that was in our Crypt Nation model portfolio for, for any of our subscribers who've been following our trades and following our portfolio um, in Crypt Nation, right? I mean, we had AGIX in there for a long time. That thing is up uh, at its peak from this year. It was up like 1,400%. It's settled down now about 800% up year to date. A um, lot of other coins though, like you know, Fetch AI have been doing well. Um, what do you make of this whole situation going on? We've been watching AI coins forever, and they really have yet to have their day in the sun as an entire sector. We've seen certain one-offs uh, take their moonshots like AGIX, like Ocean. Uh, Ocean was one of the, our best performing trades ever. But yeah. there's still a lot out there that are quietly building, and it takes years and years and years to build a competent AI. Um much, much longer than building a DeFi platform or an exchange. So there's still some real amazing gems out there that uh, you might be able to find in our AI portfolio if you're a member of Crypt Nation. Um, We've done a lot of research and put some gems in there. So check that out. If you haven't, um, CryptoRevolution.com, I think, is the place to go to get started there. But yeah, I think artificial intelligence is going to be part of our everyday lives. And I was just thinking about how I could use AI over lunch 
to simply upgrade my time zone in my Calendly. If it could just connect to my calendar, realize when I'm taking a trip and update my event availability, uh, it would be so much easier. And that's something that AI could simply do with a connection to Zapier. So there's many personal assistant AIs out there nowadays, not just ChatGPT. I remember in 2018, I was scheduling appointments with something called X.AI, which was a personal assistant that was handling emails and could respond to just about anything in terms of scheduling. Um, but we've already come so far ahead. AI basically flies planes now. It's going to drive our cars pretty soon. And I think there's going to be a lot more good that outweighs the bad. Just as long as you leave AI in a position to make recommendations rather than unchecked decisions, I think society is going to be fine. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think that there's a lot of definite applications. I think it's interesting that, um, you know, people have put these AIs out into the wild um, and many people were hesitant to do so. Like, you know, Google and Microsoft, there was this whole ethical dilemma of like, if we release this to the wild, like it's so powerful, it might get answers wrong and pose as being correct. Um, and there's a danger there. And how do we censor it and all that kind of stuff? And so um, there's going to be a lot of policing around AI. Yeah. Excuse me. But, so check this out. Yeah. The way it's going to be 
kind of related to crypto is there's a new concept called a digital twin where you would hold an NFT that is essentially an AI bot that's scouring your social media and your emails and whatever else you give it access to intentionally, mind you. You have to share yourself with this AI. And the AI is essentially going to become a digital twin of your personality and your beliefs and your values and your interests that can then go and participate in the metaverse and make friends for you, interact with others for you, and essentially act like your digital twin and bring back opportunities, potentially get you in trouble as well if you're someone like me. <laughs> but that's one major way that you're going to see AI and crypto begin to intersect with the metaverse as well. It's going to be this very interesting triad of new technologies coming together. Absolutely. Did um, you guys um did you guys see that a um AI model got into um a bank like it, the voice um there's the way you can log into your bank, right? Like you have your passwords and all that and sometimes they do voice verification and AI model copied somebody's voice and got into their bank account. Wow. I did not see that. Um, I do see people like using a chat GPT to like fight legal bills or like fight uh, like legal battles basically. And like asking this thing for free. Like, somebody was like, how I saved like $107,000 on legal bills uh, by getting advice from chat GPT, which I think is like basically probably exactly what they don't want you to use chat GPT for uh, to like get medical advice and legal advice and all this kind of stuff. Like, it's not there to really replace the job of a doctor, um, but just to, I don't know, supplement knowledge. But I did see that. Did you guys, totally switching gears, see that Solana had yet another uh, outage of like 18 hours, I think? <laughs> yeah, so this downtime of Solana is actually a feature rather than a bug for them to do upgrades and correct problems and stuff. But... Um, when no other blockchain has this kind of expected behavior, it just looks really, really, really bad to have anything offline. But I mean, Amazon's services, Amazon Web Services, they take their servers offline for updates. Same thing with every other major company in the world. Servers go offline for maintenance. In the normal IT industry, it's completely normal. But in blockchain, because it's decentralized, distributed nodes that should be able to operate on multiple different versions independent of each other. That's what really strikes a rare when an entire blockchain goes down and services are offline. So this is going to be a huge detractor to, to developers that are building on Solana, especially now as these virtual machines for Solana um, apps are going to become available on Cosmos, are going to become available on Ethereum Layer 2s. It's going to be a lot easier to switch off of the Solana mainnet um, pretty much any time that's necessary. But um, I, I think you're going to really have to be on both if you're going to be working on Solana at all. But it's definitely going to cause a lot of pause when developers are going to consider building on Solana at this time. If this is to really be an expected feature, not just now, but going forward into the future, having your business offline for half a day or two days. It's just completely unacceptable in this day and age. Yeah, I'm with you. Tivo, what do you think about it from the from, from an outsider's perspective, seeing, you know, somebody, you know, have a network just go down consistently. Yeah. Like, are you going to trust that with your money? 
two part, two part. One for pizza because you guys are the ones that educate me. So when when it's planned to go down, is that something that they advertised? Is like, hey, we have an outage. Like, yeah, there's outages all the time in software, but it's usually planned and then they send out, you know, notice. Yes, usually it is planned, and the validators will all get together and coordinate this. But there are some things that I think what's happening now that is not planned. Got to give a shout out to our guy, Blockchain Boy, who was on last episode. Um, he was shitting on Solana. I felt I felt you two guys pull back. You guys pulled back because we don't, you know. But uh, he was really adamant and not not a big fan. Um, I don't know. Maybe he's having uh, every dog has their day. So maybe he uh, had a little uh, premonition there, a little foresight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, yeah, play the. I, I would be interested to hear that clip again that we talked about Solana. Um, oh, but anyhow, angry. yeah, I mean, for, for me, it's like, it's good technology. It's got a lot of institutional adoption, uh, but it has just has absolutely not, uh, shown to be that reliable. And, you know, a lot of different wallets, uh, have been, um, hard to use and maintain because these servers, uh, these Solana servers are just not super reliable. So some of the applications haven't been very reliable either. Um, but Hey, new technology, um, we got to give them, got to give them a little grace because uh, it's. I think it's a good, honest team. I think they got caught up in a lot of bad stuff with FTX and swindled. I think had some of the wool pulled over their eyes by FTX and Sam and all that whole thing. But uh, Austin Federer came on. He was a great interview. Yeah, Austin. he was great. I, I think they've got a lot of really stand up characters in in their organization. Um, so just some technical difficulties, but anyhow. Um, that that that's kind of what's on my mind. You know, we're still stuck in this trading range for Bitcoin. Um, we could kind of take a quick look at a chart um, just to see. Um, do do do. Let me throw this. Tell me, give me a thumbs yeah, up if you can. Pull it up on screen. And if you're listening to the podcast, now's a great time to go to the YouTube, subscribe, and check out uh, Bryce breaking down this chart for you. That looks insane. Yeah, this it looks is like just- my heartbeat monitor. <laughs> yeah, this is just like a random slightly uh, regular. I, I, I pulled up Game of Thrones Dragon. Yeah, I just pulled up like uh basically a one month moving average. You can see like 30 day, two month moving average, 60 day, three month, 90 day, right? Four month, five months. So these are like a one month to a six month moving average. Um and you can see it's like the river of blood, right? This was the bear market. Just nonstop, just down, 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 down. Uh, on every time frame. Um, this obviously was was a great time to be a long investor in crypto. Uh, you made a lot of money by being long between you know May 2020 um, and May 2021. Um, basically a year of free money. Um, quite the opposite was true. But now you can see we've actually had a, a pretty strong trend reversal where all this red has slowed down and actually started to reverse, right? And so you see a, you know, a breakout. Um, and this is a long-term breakout, a long-term reversal on pretty much every time frame, um, where you used to have, you know, the one-month average uh, declining faster than the two-month, which is declining faster than the three-month average, which is declining faster than the four-month. You now have the opposite. You have the one-month average rising faster than the two-month average, which is rising faster than the three-month average. And now you see the four, the five, and the six-month average are all kind of tucked here down around $20,000. Um, that makes me think that we could have a little bit of breathing room in this range as we kind of consolidate between twenty-five 
and twenty thousand dollars. We let these longer term averages move up. Um, but I, I'm quite bullish based on on just this you know this moving average study alone. Um, you very rarely get this sort of behavior uh, in in this sort of uh, moving average ribbon without getting some kind of continuation in momentum. You see, we kind of had uh, some uh, positive motion up here, and the Fed really went on their their war against inflation. Um, we had a very similar kind of move right up here. Market rallied pretty hard, and then the COVID pandemic happened. Um, so a couple a couple bad moves. Um, you could see right right down here this whole river of blood, and then that that very marked trend shift. Um, from green or from red to green, you know, it happens throughout Bitcoin's lifespan, um, kind of right down here again, big trend shift. And so what I'm thinking is, uh, we could either be in this scenario right here where there's just an, one last correction to come, uh, or we could actually be on, on the upswing. I'm kind of more in the, in the camp of, we have a little slight correction to come scare people out one more time. Um, and then make our way higher. But, you know, there's so much strong support now on in Bitcoin. You can see all this volume uh, that's now been, uh, you know, basically cleared out. Now this is all going to be uh, support. So dips are for, for buying, in my opinion. Um, you can see actually one thing, uh, you know, if we take like the ETH BTC chart, um, take it on Coinbase, you can see a very, very stable uh, sort of chart. And so this is, you know, um, Ethereum in terms of Bitcoin, kind of a uh, a tight volume point of control. Not a, and, and this has been you know for a long time. Like the the price of Ethereum in terms of Bitcoin has pretty much been stable uh, since May of 2021. Like it hasn't, oops, hasn't moved anywhere. Um, now certainly deviated a little bit to the upside, deviated a little downside, uh, but this is gearing up for a big move. Um, which will have pretty big implications. Now, a breakout from this range uh, to the upside is going to be a big alt season, right? Where if you have Ethereum that's rising quickly in terms of Bitcoin, you're going to have all the other altcoins rising. So again, you can see this consolidation, this pinch, both in volume profile and in price action. So there's gonna, it's, it's consolidating for a big move. Um, you don't really have much of an edge in terms of uh, these moving averages. See how they're, they're all muddied up? Um, this is just, you know, energy consolidating for, for a breakout one way or another. Um, and so, again, a breakout to the upside, you're going to see a lot of altcoins uh, follow. A breakout to the downside, you know, we, we've got our support down here at about 0 .05 uh, ETH, um, or 0 .05 BTC uh, per Ethereum is a support line right here. Um, and in this scenario, you'd probably see stable coins, uh, you know, stable coin dominance rise, Bitcoin dominance rise, altcoins fall, all that kind of thing. So you're kind of hoping if you're an altcoin holder uh, that this breaks up. Um, and if it starts to break down, you know, you, you'd probably have a good area to um, to get out. But I mean, this is a this is a pretty long term consolidation pattern. My money, my money is on this this scenario kind of occurring, breaking out to the upside. Um, but hey, the, the jury's still out. Bryce, what's the uh, price level that Ethereum needs to hit in terms of Bitcoin to actually flip it in market cap? Is it something like point two, some, mm. somewhere around there? Maybe basically a four x from here, three x maybe. 
That's a good question because Bitcoin would be moving as well um, yeah. at that same time. And so right now, Ethereum is a $200 uh, billion market cap and uh, Bitcoin's Bitcoin about 450. Is, yeah, about 450. And so, you know, if Ethereum doubles and gets it to 400, I don't think that scenario happens if and Bitcoin doesn't also go up by, you know, 50% or 75%, right? So makes sense. Know, I, it's a pretty hard, it's a pretty hard game to say like, this is the exact price point at which it flips. I do think that over yeah. the long term, um, you know, I have been in the camp um, of the guy who's like, you know, I think that Bitcoin, the market cap uh, of that could be flipped by Ethereum um, over the long term because that's, you know, Ethereum, there's a lot more activity, a lot more interest um, in terms of just like where people are moving money, where people are trading, where the applications are built, NFTs. You know, Coinbase just launched their uh, their L2 on top of Ethereum. Um, and not a lot of interesting stuff has been happening on Bitcoin outside of, um, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of really technical things with Taproot and stuff that's, you know, laying the groundwork for a lot of usage and adoption in the future. Um, it just hasn't really cotton, cotton that um, in terms of applications built on top of Bitcoin. Um, but I did see ordinals, which is cool. Um, NFTs on top of Bitcoin. Um, a lot of people like it. A lot of people don't like it. Um, but it makes it, you know, Bitcoin more of a development platform as opposed to just um, something that you hold in your wallet and just hold on to um, and you don't do anything with. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I think that's one other development I think is going to be really big in this next bull run is native Bitcoin is entering DeFi through places like Atomic Dex, uh, Thorchain, Thorchain, and a couple others are going to actually allow you to use your native Bitcoin as collateral in DeFi. So it won't have to just sit in your wallet doing nothing anymore. And yeah. that could be a night and day game changer for Bitcoin. Yeah. Because you were able to use it as collateral on all these centralized lending platforms, but now that they're all defunct, essentially, um, yeah, what were you going to do with it? Just hold it in a cold storage? That might be the right thing to do, but now you can start to put it in play again. So that's great for Bitcoin, great for Ethereum, that uh, there's more co competition now. So um, I also wanted to reiterate your point earlier as far as where we're at in the market cycle. I really do think that this past month has been a really big bull trap. And now would probably be a great time to take some profit off the table in altcoins. If you've experienced, you know, 5x, 10x gain out of nowhere, let these things cool down a little bit. Uh, I think we're going to have a long summer of accumulation 
accumulation phases are marked by long periods of nothingness. And while we didn't have as much of a distribution phase during our last uh, markdown, there's a lot of people that were caught off sides and are still holding bags. I still think we have quite a long time to go before the available supply is really gobbled up at the best price available and it's time to make it run again. So I think you can probably get a better entry later this year, sometime over the summer maybe, on a lot of coins that you're looking at right now that maybe you're feeling like you missed out on. I With one coin, for example, that I got uh, around three cents was TruFi, the TRU token. And I sold that thing at about five cents. It's sitting at about eight and a half today. And I'm looking at it like, oh man, you know, this is something I believe in long-term. You know, maybe I shouldn't have sold it. Like, no, of course I should have because I'm following the market cycle in large. I made profit. I took profit off the table. Now I'm going to wait for it to cool down and come back before getting it. I'm not going to pay a premium. And I think that's what just about every other smart trader is thinking right now. As you see really momentum on this upswing starting to die out. And if there is momentum, it's trickling into these long shot coins that are eventually going to, you know, come back down 50% or so. Another thing that's a great example of this is if you look at the waves chart, waves USDT on Binance, for example. Yeah, which I would never recommend anybody even touch. uh, uh, Yes, absolutely. Just look at it. Don't touch. This is a museum (laughs) artifact. Um, Because this thing ripped up to like $60 before the end of the bull run last year and then collapsed down to like two. And this thing was pumped hard and fast like a bomb or a missile just going off. And you just knew that this thing was going to come back. So even if you're looking at this thing going 30 bucks, 40 bucks, 50 bucks, like there's no way you want to get in at that time. Uh, And I don't even recommend anyone get in at two for that matter, as Bryce, you know, very clearly pointed out. But this is just an example of... What happens after the giant pump? It's going to come way, way, way back down and just be patient. If this is something, if this is happening to a token that you believe in, that you want to accumulate, just be patient. I don't think you've missed out yet. To build on that outside the crypto sphere, um, the Fed futures funds uh, might raise as well. Because there's a lot of interesting data coming out around that. And people are starting to think like, uh uh-oh, like, you know, maybe inflation is getting a little sticky. So that's a macro thing that might go against it. Um, mm-hmm. Just wanted to add that cherry on top as I watch CNBC for the team all day. Um, yeah, there we go. I know you guys got to run. We have a coaching call that you guys got to get to. Uh, we were going to wrap it up with uh, our DCS um, summit, digital currency summit we had next week. We had so many great guests um, and it is available for purchase if people are interested, if they missed out. I'm going to link mm-hmm. to that in the bio. But, uh, you know, who, who are some of your favorites? Yeah, we, we had a couple dozen uh, crypto experts, man. I loved the guys from the tie. Uh, these are, you know, crypto uh, data scientists and experts that have just been delivering uh, crucial research and data to hedge funds and institutions. And they shared a ton of really cool insights uh, about, you know, where the market is right now post FTX, uh, what kind of data, uh, you know, hedge funds are using in order to make killer gains. Um, so we had uh, their CEO, Josh Frank, we had one of their uh, lead data scientist, Eric Sabursky. I thought that was a really cool presentation. Um, I loved, loved, loved talking to Mike Belshi again um, from BitGo, right? These are a custodian uh, of, I think about $80 billion. Yes, $80 billion of crypto assets they custody. 
Um, and so these are like, you know, institutional heavyweights uh, that shared a ton of insight about why they're continuing to build here in the crypto market, why they're more confident than ever uh, that, you know, we're just at a little pause for crypto, but it's not necessarily the end uh, by any means of crypto. So uh, I, I think that those were those were a couple of my favorite presentations, what I learned the most about. Uh, Pete, what were your favorite takeaways from the DCS? Well, I'm also a big fan of the Thai. You can find all kinds of information at the Thai.io slash research that they put that out. They also have the Fundamental Value podcast, which is one of my favorites. Uh, I was going to say they're the brains behind my mouth, but that could be interpreted as an endorsement or slander, depending on what mood I'm in. So I'll hold there. Uh, But we were really, really appreciative of all that they do for this space. Two of my favorite guests. uh, Well, one of the first one was William Quigley, the original founder of Tether, also the co-founder of the Wax blockchain. This guy is what a visionary looks like. This is what a leader looks like. This is what a smart, successful person sounds like and carries himself like. So if you're new to the space and you want to know who to follow and a blueprint for being successful over and over again, William Quigley is the guy to follow completely opposite from whoever the hell the CEO or Dow is behind meme land that just spent a million dollars of their treasury on some random key to unlock something they don't even know about in a game. Nobody cares about. Um, yeah, those are the two polar opposites. Yeah. 1000 ETH on a game item that no one knows what it does versus William Quigley, the founder of tether and wax blockchain. Be careful who you follow. They're not the same. They're not (laughs) built the same. Another guy who's not built the same as blockchain boy, Lucas Demos. He is one of the largest influencers in gen Z. And, uh, it was really a pleasure to speak with him, get to know him see what his generation's thinking about what they care about. Uh, he's got a few qualities that I really appreciate in a person. One, he's unapologetically himself. Mm-hmm. And two, he has convictions. And he's willing to back up his convictions with logic, research, and thought. Uh, and the third one is he wants to make a difference in the world. He really wants to do something positive with his time and his efforts. Uh, and the undeniable wealth that he's going to make from those two things. So uh, he's definitely a, a person to watch. And we'll have Mac on and uh, many other DCSs as well. Good stuff, boys. Well, I'll talk to you all soon. Um, Pete, I hope you have fun in Denver. Stay safe, all right? Don't, th- don't do anything. I'll do my best. And if you do, be sure to take some I will record it. I, will, <laughs> yeah. I promise. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.